Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome back to Bretton Cliffs Flea Circus. I am Cliff. Would you like to it? Well, this week I'm someone else. Okay, who are you this week? Would you like this week? I'm uh, I'm snooty sports reporter Henry Winter. <laughs> I bet you like him, don't you? No. <laughs> Why would I like him? He's <laughs> just he's very snooty, isn't he? He is. They're all snooty, those guys. They are, oh. aren't they? Remember that thing that used to be on early morning on uh, on a Sunday with these to all be round a table on Sky Sports. Yeah. All those sports reporters. Yeah. But they were like oh. tabloid ones, weren't they? Neil Custis of the Sun and uh yeah. Martin Samuel was on it, wasn't he? He was uh uh-huh. Daily Mill. Um that one that's that that died, what's his name? I saw him at the match once. Oh, Brian Woolnuff. Aye, that's him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I saw him, him outside the match. I saw him outside the match once. So anyway, that's me. So I might like start having to go at Spen for no reason. <laughs> Midway through the podcast, okay. I might just have a go at him. Yeah, do you think? Do you think he's like the godfather of the lad culture? Because I do. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's like a father figure in some ways to all of us. I think he is. I think you're right about that. I, I think he was just like a normal bloke when he was at Lazio and that, and then he came to England and he was just completely corrupted. <laughs> Um, so, I like him. I think he's uh, the best England manager we've had. Dear, we should have we should have at least won something with the with the players that he had at all, don't you think? I, I think mean, if he should. had gone shagging instead of managing <laughs> the team, <laughs> it would have been better. I believe it on Todd Grip. Um, <laughs> who do you think's been better? Like I thought Capello would be good, but he was awful. Hodgson. He was awful. Was Roy Hodgson I mean, ever in charge of England? Yeah, he was. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Henry Wint has had a go at him at some point, hasn't he? I liked Huddle apart from his know, odd he? views. He was good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he has something for you. I'm in my underpants today when I'm talking to you. Oh, <laughs> true story. I really? You, well, I, I, true story. You, I mean, can you prove it? Do you want us to prove it? <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. Hang on. Well, you know, you've got. No, no, no. Good. I'm fat. Oh no! Oh, what's that hanging out? <laughs> There's nothing hanging out. Oh, There's nothing big enough to just, hang out. 
That was disgusting. It was it was on the the brink of hanging out. It was on the it was, brink. Yeah, the I didn't edge, realize. I didn't realize until I saw the <laughs> the picture back at us. <laughs> and and they they were blue uh, shorts, not red specials. Red so specials. I'm, dis- I'm disappointed. The red specials. <laughs> once once I got married, the red specials went out the window. All oh, right, so, did the. I mean, it would be dangerous. It was a to have seduction them technique, wasn't it? That's <laughs> that was all. The, the special power. But it would be uh-huh. dangerous for them to hang around if, if they're still like this. <laughs> I passed them on to a young knave. <laughs> <laughs> After you chiselled them off you. So how have you been? What, what have you been doing? Are you been watching out? I'll um, watch something good on Friday. What was that? I, I'm increasingly... Um, I, I hate it when my mother-in-law puts it on because I live with my mother-in-law. She's a keen gardener. She's got okay. green fingers. Okay. And she always puts a... Is it God's World? Is that what it's called on if Friday? If that's still going on, then it used to be on the telly, yeah? Friday uh-huh. like 8.30 on BBC Two or something. Aye. And it, it's, Who it's presents it now? Monty Dunn. Monty, well, Monty Dunn's normally doing it, but he, he, he wasn't on this week. It was some other fella. Used to be um, Titchmarsh, didn't it? Aye, maybe he's suspicious aye. of Alan Titchmarsh. I'm suspicious of a lot of them, to be honest <laughs> with you. But uh, it's just packed with innuendo. I mean, there was, it is. It's really bad if you watch it. If you get like, on the catch up, try and watch it. This okay. this fella, <laughs> he was he was talking about it and he was going, "Ooh, it looks like it could fill a florist bucket." Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we you say it like that, that as well. <laughs> uh-huh. And he he did the the thing like that. You know the the sex move. Oh, did he? What that? Uh huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> he did that. So that's, right, that's what I've been watching. What All right, watching? Um, what have I been watching? I've, I'm getting back into Ray Donovan. I haven't really watched much other than that. Um, uh-huh. And trying to, obviously, Coronation Street. Um, but <laughs> other than that, I'm trying to catch all of the Mortman White House confession, which is the greatest oh, program ever made. Um, yeah, But I'm, I missed one. It went off the catch-up before I had a chance to watch it, so I'm annoyed with myself. And I've punished myself by not watching any more. Yeah. Because I've missed that one. Oh, that's a shame. So the one where they were yeah, talking to Fergal Sharky from the Undertones. That was funny. About fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strange little about, man. Uh, it was about certain water, wasn't it? Yeah, it was what about bad about? water. And yeah, people bad doing water. bad things to good water. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was fun. Uh-huh. Um, but was. what else have I been doing? I got into a big debate with the football lads. And uh-huh. um, so, I mean, more people ended into it. Um, because I'm, I think you'll agree with me on this. Right. We're talking about going to a barbecue and what the best things on a barbecue are. Uh-huh. And what do you would think? You like well, would you like my input? Would you like my input? Tell us. I would say a burger. Mm-hmm. I'm a no. very simple man, as you yeah. well know. Uh-huh. I don't go for anything extravagant like chops. Well, I mean, I'd, heaven forbid you put a chop <laughs> near you. Um, you wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't but, uh, know what to do with it. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Uh, all corn on the cobs. I don't think they should be anywhere near the barbecue. Okay. Strictly meat products, I think I would mm-hmm. go for. What about fish? But not, but not chops. Fish! <laughs> no. No way. <laughs> I mean, the, the fish would contaminate. They are types of fish, aren't they? Prawns. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That. Well, 
the, the smell the smell very fishy. <laughs> if <laughs> if they're not, they're imposters. They? Been hanging around the with them too much. They're definite imposters. <laughs> well, no, I, I wouldn't go for anything like that. No way. Right. Okay. So I'm with. You. I agree with you. But burgers. Uh-huh. But what's next after a burger? Sausage. Okay. Anything after that? Because to be honest, I'm happy to stop there. Yeah, I'm quite full after that, to be honest. <laughs> well, did, how many have you had? Well, I've had at least two burgers. and uh, <laughs> Well, it depends who the cook is. I mean, if, if you're the chef, Cliff, mm-hmm. I've had numerous burgers. <laughs> of course. My reputation <laughs> precedes me. Well, of course it does, yeah. And maybe one sausage. Well, that. I think I'll, I prefer the sausage, to be honest. You, you prefer the that, sausages? I prefer the sausage. You can use that in a future song. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's more sausages than burgers for me. I'd probably have four sausages, two burgers. But, How many buns? Well, this was where the debate went. Would you oh. ever say, what would you, what, what, what's the best things on a barbecue? Number one, burgers. Everyone agrees on that, right? There's no right. arguing yeah. that. Number two, mm-hmm. somebody said, Hot dog. I went, a hot dog? What you a fucking what? hot dog on a burger, you, on a barbecue. Yeah. You put, no, you, don't. you have a sausage on a barbecue. And he went, yeah, yeah, but you put it in the bun, don't you? I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. And he's like, so hot dog then? I'm like, yeah. no, I mean, I mean, if, it's, if it's an actual hot dog, he was going, yeah, but when you ask for a burger, you get a burger, you don't just get the meat, do you? You get the burger with the bun and the lettuce and the cheese. And the tomato, I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, yeah, so you get the hot dog. You don't just get the sausage, see, you put it in a bun and it becomes a hot dog. And I'm like, but only if it's an actual hot dog sausage. I understand that if I go to a van and say, can I have a hot dog? They're not just going to give us a fucking Uh limp sausage. (laughs) (laughs) But also, hot dog sausages are very different to the normal sausage. They are. But don't the Americans sometimes put uh, the hot dogs on? I think I think this is where uh, this guy's coming from. I think he's yeah, too I, American. He, he's been watching Breaking Bad or something. Uh, I think because he was saying like, as soon as you put a, any type of sausage in a hot dog bun, then that that item becomes a hot dog. I would still say it's a sausage sandwich, just in a hot dog bun. But isn't a hot dog just a hot dog, even when it's in the tin? <laughs> like you, you, you don't, you don't have to. When you go to the the counter and say, "I'll buy these hot dogs, please." Yes, I bought, I bought two tins. Uh, well, I'm sorry, you can't call them hot dogs yet. I'm gonna have to wrap a, a bun around them, put a little bit of lettuce in there, and then you can call them hot dogs. So, aren't they just hot dogs? Well, I I agree, but this is where the conversation went. It's still rumbling on today. Um, and is this friend on acid? <laughs> no, but he's a bit posh, I think. So sure, yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a bit posh. But hot dogs, for a start, I've got a tin of hot dogs. I've got mm-hmm. one, right? I regularly have hot dogs for my tea. I've got a tin of hot dogs. I'm not putting them on a fucking barbecue. I'm not getting a barbecue out to put hot dogs on. They go in the fucking microwave or boil them. Like you know, of course they do. Everybody f- puts them in the microwaves. <laughs> you don't need to fire fire up a barbecue uh-huh. for that. No, it would be a waste of, of fire. I, I had, <laughs> I had uh, fiery hot dogs on a Sunday, actually. Mm. Yeah, fiery hot dogs. And of course, they go in the microwave. 
But sometimes they're prone to explosions, aren't you they? You need to give them a little fork prick, don't you, to stop that? I'm not do I'm not touching them. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> no way. I'm definitely not doing that. So anyway, that was my uh, yeah, that, was, that was my night last night and still this morning, still going on this debate. Um, well, I know I'm right, but there does seem mm-hmm. to be some people who lean to the other side that say, yeah, if it's in a hot dog, if it's in a long bread bun, whatever it is that's yeah. in it, it's a hot dog. That, that's Something not stupid, true. Isn't it? That, that's, that's insane. Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, talking to social distancing, that... Um, by the day this goes out, my daughter will be one year old. <laughs> one year old. But anyway, obviously, it's sad because, like, my mom and dad still haven't met her. And she hasn't yeah, met them. Because uh, uh-huh. we haven't been able to make it home. But it's, I mean, I'm really sad about it. And I know yeah. they will be as well. And Jane is. So, uh, mm-hmm. I know my dad's going to be listening to this. So, I just wanted to say, I'll be, well, I'll be talking to him on the same day that this comes out, obviously. But just yeah. wanted to say, we miss you. Love your dad and mom. Like, we wish we could have been home by now. But. You know, fucking the yeah. COVID idiots still uh, spoiling it. COVID idiots. <laughs> I'll miss um, them as well. I can't go, go around and see them even if I wanted to and I'll live five know, minutes. It's, mad, isn't it? mad. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But anyway, um, let's lighten the mood a bit. Do we, should we Ooh. talk about a serial killer? Well, yes. We're, uh, is that what it's about? Because I, I thought uh, this documentary... Because we're watching a documentary, weren't we? <laughs> documentary? Aye. It's about uh, the African cleric Desmond Tutu. That's what we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> no one to his mate's death. <laughs> no one to his mate's death. Is that not right? It's a different death. Different it is a different death. Of course it is. Couldn't be any different type of death, could no. it? <laughs> oh, he's the exact opposite. He's the, he is the exact opposite, yes. So what well, are we watching? We're watching, uh, yeah, Des, which mm-hmm. starred David Tennant, which yep. recently on TV. And you watched it before me, didn't you? Which you've been nipping in a I'm couple of in. times recently. Mm-hmm, I yeah. have, haven't I? Yeah, I've got to take my chances where I get them with like watching stuff, so I, I do it. And then, uh-huh. I, then I know I'm done for the rest of the week before we talk, and I can ruminate on it. Um, <laughs> you can, eh? Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, three-part uh, series on ITV called mm-hmm. Des about the serial killer Dennis Nielsen, uh, yes, who operated in the London area, uh, yeah, in the early late seventies, early eighties, and it's uh-huh. a it's a three-part show, basically mm-hmm. focusing on him getting arrested. And leading up to his trial, essentially, yeah, um, and then uncovering like what, what he may or may not have done. And I think uh-huh. the important point is that they don't. It doesn't show you show any of the bad murders, does it? It just shows. Well, it doesn't show you anything, does it? No, no. It's just, essentially it, just people talking. It, it, that's all. That's all it is. Yeah, and, and to be perfectly honest, that's all it needs, doesn't it? I, I mean, it doesn't it, need to show. It goes into the realms of the like. Sensationalism and all of that, yeah. doesn't it? It's still quite macabre, but you oh, would be you would be running the risk of sensationalized and like uh-huh. some very serious stuff on you. I think well, that's that, obviously not what they wanted to do. The stuff no. that they wanted to highlight and talk about uh, mm-hmm. be, with the show is much better done in the way it is. Um, yeah. Anyway, Dennis Nielsen, what did you know much about him before you watched this? Or 
I did actually, um, because I like uh, well, you like much like <laughs> <laughs> much like like the rest of the country. We've got this fascination with you know the macabre, really, don't we? I mm -hmm. mean, that's why you know, real crime sort of uh, podcasts are some of the most popular things mm -hmm. to listen to. Not that I actually do; I don't actually listen to those. But I do like the documentaries. I, I do like things like uh, Born to Kill, which I think was the first time that I found out who Dennis Nielsen was. Okay. Do you know what Born to Kill is? Have you seen that before? I don't it's think probably, so. Maybe you mentioned it. Yeah, it's probably it, the the best sort of documentary series about serial killers, okay. I think, for my okay. money anyway. Um, I think there's a few on YouTube and stuff. So I did know um, who he was. Uh, I mean, uh, an, an awful guy, but I mean, the thing is, with the, the thing that uh, David Tennant does, I mean, it, it's a brilliant performance by him, isn't it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, for different reasons. I know what you said, uh, the, the programme makers are obviously wary of, of trying to sensationalise it and stuff like that. But at the same time, it would be like an affront, like the victims, from to just be somebody who was a complete dick and not likable in a sense. Do you know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because obviously he sort of he attracted these these men to his house because he was a kind, nice, gentle, seemingly mm -hmm. guy. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And that's what sort of enticed him. He's, he's known as like the kindly killer. Yeah. That's that's his nickname. Do you know what I mean? And I think I think the the program and, and stuff like that does an excellent job, I thought, of 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 not sensationalizing it, but also at the same time, you know, not sort of, you know, making it look really, really absolutely terrible. And for the victim side of things, I thought it did that really, really well. I mean, had had you heard of him before? You know what? I, I had I, I didn't know anything about him. I, I suppose I saw the advert for this coming on and called Des. And obviously, it's kind of like the mugshot of Dennis Nielsen, but played yeah. by a tenant, obviously. Um, and me and Jane watched it, and we both just went, oh, Dennis Nielsen, that might be good. And I thought, uh -huh. I don't know how I know that that's Dennis Nielsen. Like, I don't, I don't know anything yeah. about it. Like, I, I literally know uh -huh. the picture of him, mm -hmm. and I know that that person's Dennis Nielsen and that he's a murderer, but I, I don't know anything else. I guess it... It was kind of it all happened while we were babies, so, uh, or before yeah. we were born. He would have been in jail by the time we knew what was right. going on. Uh, uh -huh. So, uh, like, it's just weird. He's obviously one of those that you kind of know what he looks like. But I mean, look how many American serial killers are the same. But I guess American serial killers get put in so many films and TV shows, yeah. like either, either as like incidental characters or they pop up in these anthology mm -hmm. series and stuff like that, where all of a sudden, I don't know, Richard Ramirez or whatever will, will pop up in it. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. But I guess just there's not so many British serial killers, is there, compared to that? So they, you don't <laughs> tend to be, like, in the midst of all of this, uh -huh. like, popular culture. They're not... And obviously, yeah. also with this guy, it's not really... I mean, it's interesting... But it's mm -hmm. not that sexy, is it? Like as far as uh, serial killer oh, murders no. go, it's yeah. really pedestrian. Not what he did, because some, some of the stuff he did was fucking horrendous. But uh -huh. it's it's like guy brings a man back to his home, and after a while he kills him. 
Mm-hmm. And he just does it a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like, and this is the big difference. Nobody really cared or realized that all of these young men were going missing and that there was a pattern to it and that somebody might be to blame for it. And that's what I think the real point of this show is about. Uh-huh. I think you're right. I mean, at the start, when the program comes on, the first thing you see is, is London in the, the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and, you know, the amount of homelessness mm-hmm. that there was. And obviously it was Thatcher's sort of government at the time and the, the job losses and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it created like almost the perfect environment for Dennis Nielsen to do the things that, you know, he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, get, he was getting these, these sort of young men in off the street who were hungry or whatever. I mean, they'd moved to London on the hope that they could get a, a job and, mm-hmm. or what have you. And obviously that, that didn't materialise. So, I, I mean, the, the environment... The, that he, the, he worked in basically that's what created him I mean obviously there's other stuff as well if you look at Dennis Nielsen's past and things like that I mean he's, his childhood was, was pretty messed up and he, he okay. talks a bit about in the in the documentary as well on the program sorry um, he talks about when he was a, a young kid um, and he, the only person that he looked up to really was his grandfather and his mom said to him one day, oh, do you want to come and see your grandfather? And he says, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go and see her. And it, his grandfather was lying dead in a coffin and they just kind of left him with mm-hmm. his grandfather. Do you know what I mean? Um, he didn't know he was dead said, when they said, come and see him. So, like, <laughs> no, no, he's, I think he's, he's it, just sleeping. I, I don't think it's so common anymore, but it certainly is common in some parts of mm-hmm. different communities to have a, a coffin in your, in of your loved one in the house um, before the yeah. funeral. I mean, gladly, I've never experienced no, that. No, I haven't, but I'm pretty sure Jane says it's happened in her family, like Irish mm-hmm. kind of background and stuff. Um, I think that's yeah. kind of the done thing, or it certainly was a couple of generations ago. So she's had experience uh-huh. of it, but I don't think it was posed as, do you want to come and see your granddad? Oh, by mm-hmm. the way, I forgot to tell you he's dead. Um, yeah, I know. And I think you're right. They do allude to it in the show a bit, or he mentions that. And then mm-hmm. obviously some of the stuff about what he did with the guys that he killed, he would leave them in the living room dead for a couple of days and he'd be watching really? TV with them there and uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. It's, I, I guess you can draw a pretty straight line from that to that, but I mean, you've got to be fairly messed up to do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, he's a psychopath, isn't he? I mean, oh, total he psychopath is the perfect definition of it, isn't he? Like, uh-huh. um, he is. And that's what I mean, Tennant does a great job of doing. I mean, yeah, well, Tennant's great. I mean, the, the other thing that happened uh, to Dennis Nielsen when he was young as well is he nearly drowned and someone, another child, another kid had to jump in and save him. Okay. Um, so there's this part where he, he, he tells the police in the story that he, he's strangling them and that's how he kills them, but he doesn't actually, that's not how they die. He, he puts them in the bath afterwards and drowns them. Mm. Um, so that's, that's like a, another part of it. But like you said, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, the, the time, you know, the late 70s and the early 80s and stuff, the, the amount of homelessness and, and job losses, I mean, that's what created the environment for him to do the things that he did. And the other thing as well that, that's kind of touched on very slightly is the, the, the homophobic element yeah. of like, you know, the police. 
Yeah. Because there was an earlier victim who actually escaped, um, you know, woke up or whatever while Dennis Nielsen was trying to strangle him. Went to the police and the police just sort of brushed it off. And yeah. I mean, I've watched a lot of documentaries about stuff like this, um, you know, the late 70s, early 80s or whatever. And the police, if, you know, it was two men or whatever, they had any suspicions that, that you were homosexual, they would just brush it off. They wouldn't investigate it. So mm. it was, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very slightly put in in this, but I think that's another reason why he was able to, to do the yeah, absolutely, that. and he would have known this because his background was that he was a, a police, police officer yeah. for a short amount of time. Was he? He wasn't like a yeah. seasoned policeman uh-huh. or something like. Um, but he would have known how things operate. He would have known that if these guys yeah. go missing and uh-huh. uh, just ho- just homeless or uh-huh. they're junkies or the young gay guys, maybe red uh-huh. boys or something like that that really the police wouldn't give two fucks that they'd gone missing and wouldn't yeah. really look into it that much. So mm-hmm. he, he exploited that. And I think that's the main character trait of him or one of the main character traits of him that comes out in this show is just how much he will exploit everyone that yeah. comes into contact with him for whatever uh-huh. means he needs. And he's uh-huh. so manipulative. Um, he is, yeah. And there's people that keep giving him the benefit of the doubt, even though they know that he's mm-hmm. a serial killer. They keep, yeah. he keeps getting them back on the side to get something that he wants, despite uh-huh. knowing that he's in there and he's done all these things. He's chopped people's heads off and boiled them and, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Like, you know, like, and they uh-huh. still like sometimes seem to go out of their way to do him a favor and stuff like that. Which goes yeah. to show like what. Ca- what a kind of devious character he was, but came across uh-huh. as being a very reasonable on the level guy, didn't he? There was no histrionics, uh-huh. no shouting and bawling and all of that kind of stuff. Oh no, yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, the best bit of it is, I mean, obviously David Tennant's performance is, is just unbelievable. I think, I mean, the way that he does it, it's, I mean, he's got no expression or hardly any expression yeah. whatsoever in his face. It's almost every everything that he does in it is is with the eyes yeah. and with his voice. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable, actually. I, I think. I mean, I'm a David Tennant fan anyway, and you're a convert now. I think, aren't you? Well, honestly, <laughs> like I, I, I haven't really seen him in anything that I've either loved him in or I've loved the show yeah. or the film. Um, mm-hmm. But I loved this. And I genuinely thought he was amazing in it. Like so, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, obviously, it doesn't mean I like the other stuff that he did all of a sudden. But no, he no, was, no. He, yeah. was, he was absolutely superb. I can't imagine uh, anybody doing anything better, or, like being yeah. better than this. Like it, it's just so, so good. It is. And the other, you know, strange thing about it is he, he actually looks a lot like him. It's well. weird because they do intersperse, they'd intersperse some real footage of the trial yeah. and of Nielsen being taken into police cars and into court and stuff like that. Um, and it, I mean, even just Google it, just Google it. He uh-huh. somehow manages to look, he still looks like David Tennant playing a part, but yeah, also he does. does look exactly <laughs> like Dennis Nielsen yeah. does. He's, he does manage to pull it off. It's it's straight. It's like a deep fake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, it, it's honestly it's, it's such a good show. But I I think it's an eye opener of 
the way things were back then. And it's one of those things that we're often nostalgic on this show. And every now and then, uh-huh. you know, we'll think about when we were kids and stuff like that. And even yeah. like every now and then, I'll just think about stuff like when I was a kid, like getting on the bus or, or and stuff like that and think, well, that's never going to happen again. And mm-hmm. five pence to get the bus to up to me, Nana's and all of that kind of stuff. Like you, you look back and obviously what you don't realize as a kid is all the kind of social upheaval that's going on. And I knew that yeah. we weren't in a well-off area and we weren't from well-off family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that, you know, family provided absolutely everything that we needed, but it was clear that it was tough. And the older you get, you realize yeah. how much work your mom and dad and me, Nana and Granda put into making sure yeah. that was the case. Um, uh-huh. And then you watch something like this set back then. And I think it also does a, a, a brilliant job of just recreating the look yeah. and feel of that era. Um, yeah, just as it's kind of just an eerie sense of dread, even when it's yeah. not the stuff of Dennis Nielsen, when it's yeah. just the general stuff, it's all mm-hmm. a bit grim in it, like it's all a bit gray and rainy and depressing. And like, it is, it doesn't look like anybody's having a good time at, at no. all. No, yeah, I mean, you're completely right in saying that for sure. I mean, the, the setting and everything's it's brilliant i mean the other thing that i've uh, noticed as well is the sun newspaper we're having to go at reporters on this one i think aren't we? Uh, the sun newspaper ran a story because there was seven offcom complaints about this program and one of the complaints was obviously what they were talking about i mean it, it, like we've mentioned it, it doesn't show you anything at all yeah. everything suggested everything mm-hmm. So it doesn't show you anything, but there's a part where he's sort of describing that you know, he, oh, I, uh, you know, I, I didn't enjoy boiling heads and things like that. He mm-hmm. says, I, "I just ran out of room. That's why I, I had to sort of yeah. dispose of the bodies." Um, but the other complaint was, or most of the complaints was about the smoking. There was yeah. two well, smoking. We saw, we but, watched it and thought that. I mean, it was about to be, isn't it? Like it's set. It's set at the you know late seventies and the you know the the sort of early eighties. Everybody smoked. I mean, I saw. You look, um, I'm going to Google it now because I think the Sun's headline like really made me laugh. Des fans sickened as Dennis Nielsen defends necrophilia as neither here nor there. Like, so for a start, fans, <laughs> Des fans, <laughs> the fans of the show are actually upset about the context or the, the you know like, the content what, of the program that they're fans of. I mean, what what did they think no it was was going to be in? Like, did they think it was going to be like a cheery show about? Well, like, that's it. I mean, that's the thing. It, it's it's a, a true crime story about a despicable man who did despicable things to, to young men if if they didn't add or say the, the things that he actually did i mean it, it would what would be the point of it so most of the stuff when he's saying this is like half of the story is essentially that he's been arrested and he's been arrested because he probably led them to him to himself um, he did didn't he yeah <laughs> and then it became it becomes this weird no it's not cat and mouse because he's caught no it's uh-huh. just this it's a game it's just another way of him toying with people 
Um, yeah. I genuinely, I think, he's, like we say, he's a psychopath. He's lacking in empathy. He's mm-hmm. killing people and doing despicable things, and he doesn't seem to have a flick of emotion about it. But it seems like something must have, he must have known what he was doing was wrong, even that he didn't want to stop doing yeah. it or couldn't stop doing it. And uh-huh. he kind of brought this arrest upon himself. But then he's just totally fucking with the police and everybody that comes into contact with him. He's lawyers and all this. Uh-huh. So half of the stories from the investigating officer's point of view, played by Daniel Mays, who yeah. he's excellent in it. I think yeah, he's, he's an actor that's really, really, every time I see him in something, he seems to get better and better. Um, yeah, he, I, I think he's really good. Um, so half is thrown by him, who's basically been given an open goal on the face of it. A serial mm-hmm. killer has gone, yeah, killed 15 guys. Um, yeah. But then it quickly works out that he hasn't really given him any information that is useful <laughs> in the conviction of him whatsoever. Yeah. So he's trying to work backwards from, we've got mm-hmm. him. He's almost trying to solve the crime after it's been admitted. And mm-hmm. he's trying to work backwards and get proof after the fact. Um, and it's his frustration and the frustration at the system, like we touched on before, mm-hmm. with the police caring about it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And now you can, there's a lot of like some of the victims' fa- f- friends and stuff be like, oh, now you care about it. Now that uh-huh. it's in the public domain, you didn't care about when it was just him and you thought he was just a junkie or mm-hmm. just a, like, uh, yeah. whatever words are used for, like gay guys or whatever. Um, and there's a lot of that in it. Um, and the other half of it's told, I mean, and this is, just shows you what kind of guy Dennis Nielsen is, by his official biographer, <laughs> who <laughs> he enlists to come and tell his side of the story to while he's in custody, awaiting trial. So he's uh-huh. busy telling the biographer loads of gory, gruesome details and stuff, yeah. while he's not really telling the police anything. Uh-huh. And you can see these two being played off against each other. And he's yeah. manipulating that guy as well. And whether what he says is true or not, I guess you don't really know. I mean, it's true that he obviously killed guys and, and did mm-hmm. horrible things to them. But to the extent of what he says, you still don't really know. And again, yeah. my man uh, who plays Brian Masters. Brian Masters? Is that his name, isn't it? Brian Masters, yeah. Uh-huh. That's, I that's mean, it. he's super, he's isn't he? Jason Watkins. Jason Watkins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who was the guy in the Christopher Jeffries documentary oh, show. Very similar kind of show to this um, uh-huh. from a few years ago. He is absolutely superb at this. Like, so good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you're, you're completely right in what you're saying. I mean, that is absolutely brilliant throughout, isn't it, from all the actors. It's really, really good. I think, you know, obviously Tennant is, is the serial killer. Kind of stands out, doesn't he? But, I mean, just to recap over what you've just gone through there, I mean, you, you, you're right in what you're saying. I mean, the reason he gets caught in the first place is because he's flushing the remains of these dead bodies down the toilet. Yeah. And a, a guy a guy turns up to sort of unblock the drains, doesn't he? And I think it, I read a little bit where he's talking to the guy who, who's unblocking the drains, and um, he, he says, oh, there's, there's bones in here. And Dennis Nielsen says to him, well, someone must have been flushing that KFC down the toilet or something. Yeah. So at this, this point, he knows he's going to be caught, yeah. you know. But the other thing that that comes into play a little bit later on is that Dennis Nielsen actually wrote a letter of complaint about the block drains. Yeah, 
exactly. Despite yeah. the fact that he's the person blocking the drains, he, he said to his landlord, I'm, I'm not paying my rent until these drains are sorted. So it, he's wanted to, I knew the eventuality of him being caught, it was going to happen. Yeah. So he's planned for it, hasn't he? Yeah, he's planned for it. And, and I think he's planned out everything that happens after he that. He has, because the thing is, I mean, he's told them, you know, he's, the remains of people are in, in the house or whatever, and he's flushed them down the drain, and he, he said, I've, I've killed 15 or 16 people. But the problem that the police have got is identifying the remains. I mean, we're going back to the night, the, you know, the 80s here, yeah, well, I mean... It's the, the the difference in how they can sort of tell or identify, you know, through DNA and stuff like that. This mm-hmm. wasn't the case there. Well, also so now, even though he's saying that, he, he's he's actually not giving them names and he holds back names, mm-hmm. even though he knows exactly who these people are. Yeah, and he says he, he can't remember. It's just, he's so flippant. Yeah. And that's the thing you're watching the you're watching Tenant as Nielsen. And I have to admit, I, I laughed a few times. I, I, yeah. It was funny. It was, a, was. it was a kind of funny performance, but also the way he delivered everything was funny. Yeah. He's more serious about really not important things, and we know why that is as it goes on. He's talking about, oh, it's maybe, I don't know, maybe 14 or 15. I, I, I mean, who can remember when he first gets arrested? Uh-huh. And he's seemingly so yeah. open with the cops that he loves them into this sense of security that, well, yeah. this is a fucking slam dunk in it. Like, he's given us everything. Uh, yeah. But really, he's uh-huh. given them nothing. Uh-huh. I could go to the police station and say, I've killed 16 people, but they're not going to be yeah. able to find any proof of it. Like, because uh-huh. I've learned. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but the, difference, the difference is he has actually done that. And with him yeah. working as a policeman, he knows... He knows like what they can and can't use and yeah. what they need to be able to prove yeah. it in court. So he's just watching it play out, happy mm-hmm. to do it. He's and the, the other thing, God. the other thing that you said, he is funny. He's, he's, he's a likable character. And, uh, in, and a like, way. I've, 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 in a way. What he is, <laughs> because, you know, without him being like that, again, you know, you wouldn't actually believe that he could entice the... If he was just a monster... An awful, angry, horrible person. Do you know what I mean? Then it it, it wouldn't work. It, yeah, it would, but these you guys think, are. Why? Like they, they? Yeah. Well, that's that's the point, isn't it? That these serial killers are, you know, generally. I mean, look at Bundy and people like that. You know, quite likable sort of people. I well, mean, that's why that you always get the neighbour saying, "Well, we wouldn't have expected." Yeah. Well, him, I mean, his like... his work colleagues say that, don't they? No, you can't search the office. Because we don't believe he's done these yeah. type of things. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, like I said at the start, I think that would be a, an affront of like the, the victims or whatever. It would all yeah, because it would be paint them as being you know, like they daft. didn't do that. Exactly, yeah, and obviously, you know that they weren't they weren't at all. So, I mean, but it, I mean, there's certain things that he he does say which are macabrely funny because he's saying it in a, in such a blase way. That's it. He's so seen these disgusting things. Yeah. He's saying these disgusting things, but he's saying it just in a matter-of-fact way. I think he, he says uh, the dissection is, is mainly for disposable. It's yeah. the dirty platter after the feast, so to speak. Yeah. Things like that, like Hannibal Lecter speak, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Well, it's the That's same that thing that The Sun wrote that story about, where he says necrophilia is neither here or there. 
the like basically the police or it's the biographer isn't it who suddenly gets disgusted with him he's like are you uh -huh. saying that you continue to sleep with them after they were dead yeah and he goes mm -hmm. oh, brian you're missing the point whether i slept with them after there's near here or there you're focusing on the wrong things man i've killed 15 yeah. men and you're worried about whether uh -huh. I've slept with them after they, they died. It's like, uh -huh. get your, you know, Think get your priorities in order. And he just yeah. delivers it like that. And uh -huh. you're just like, I mean, that, I didn't laugh at that bit, but there are some bits I'm laughing at. But you can you see, but there's one bit where he shows his uh, real emotions. And yeah. that's the bit where, with his dog, because he's, he's got a dog and he's always asking about, yeah. look, after, look out for his dog and how's my dog doing? Uh -huh. And that's the thing I was saying. So all of the stuff about the killing, he's acting like that. Like, oh, well, you know, you think I wanted to fucking boil the head? <laughs> yeah. Like, obviously, I didn't uh -huh. want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, so just had to get rid of it some way. Um, yeah. But then I mean, he's saying, this... I, wears, I need this. I need this in my room. I haven't been able yeah. to have this. And he's very mm -hmm. serious and very angry about that stuff. And all uh -huh. of a sudden, you're like, hang on. Like, it doesn't match up. Yeah, but he's also playing them because he complains about not getting some of the silly things that he was asking for while he yeah. was in custody. I mean, the thing with his dog comes up, it comes up once or twice, doesn't it? I mean, there's like uh, on that uh, Born to Kill thing, there's home videos of him and stuff like that with a guy that I live with. Um, and these dogs in those sort of things as well. Mm -hmm. But the the bit with, with Tennant, where he's asking about his dog, he asks once or twice, and the second time, Brian uh, Master says to him, look, they've had to put your dog down. Yeah. And it's only a second or two where the mask slips. Yeah. And then almost immediately he's back on, uh, well, how's, how's the boot going? Do you know, yeah. asking uh, about uh, himself. So there's that split second. It's like a second, there's a second, yeah. His jaw kind of like wobbles a bit. And he suddenly looks uh, quite vulnerable. Human. But then, yeah, like you say, he just goes, so how's the book going, Brian? Um, mm. And he clicks back into this arch manipulator. Really uh -huh. fascinating show that kind of... I think there'll always be like arguments about why do you need to put this stuff on TV and like dramatize it and glorify it or whatever. But for me, I think anything that can shine a light on some of the nastiness and and mm -hmm. stuff of the human condition and what people are capable of and also the societal uh like reasons yeah the the, the things that are going on around in everyday life that can help make that happen or or facilitate uh -huh. it or accelerate it or whatever i think yeah. it's i think it's important to do that stuff and um, I, I completely agree with that i mean you know I wouldn't, I mean, I, I watch uh, documentaries and programs on Adolf Hitler. I, I completely hate the guy. He's a, he's a horrible, probably the worst person that, that sort of ever existed. But there's this fascination, a morbid fascination with it, mainly to sort of try and work out or understand, do you know what I mean? why this thing happened in the first place. Ultimately, I don't think you're always, you, you're never really going to find out why, but I, I don't think just because something is so macabre or, or disgusting that you should just get rid of it and forget about it. I think that would be the wrong way to go. I mean, obviously, if you are a family member of one of the victims or what have you, you know. Yeah, you might not want it to be a different, It would be a different case completely. But I mean, 
it's it's important to at least I guess try and, and work out, which is what Brian Moss does tries to do, I think, in the in this program, doesn't he? He tries to work out why he did it. I think so, which, but I think it also paints him as like he thinks he's obviously like a a guy who wants to be on a certain level of living and and mm-hmm. and fame for what he does. And I think yeah. it also paints him in a bit of a light where He's obviously the so the criticisms of him would be that he's trying to ride on the coattails of a very terrible man to elevate yeah. his own position to make some money and be famous. Um, uh-huh. I don't necessarily think that that was his goals on the outset, but I I do think that he probably thinks if I get to unravel what's going on with this guy's mind, then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be the one to do it. Like instead of letting the police do that, he's almost trying yeah. to do it himself and beat them to the punch. Um, well, the police don't ask him why he did it, do they? No, I mean not <laughs> not, not no, throughout the, 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 the not on the show. It's his lawyer who asked him why he did it, mm-hmm. and and Dennis Neils or David Tennant trying to say as well. I was I don't know. I was I was kind of hoping you could tell us that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean so. Uh, I mean, that, that, I mean, obviously, Dennis Neal is a master manipulator and stuff like that, but the police are there to do a job at the end of the day, and they're there to put him behind bars and, you know, find out what he's doing. I mean, it's it's up to psychologists and, and things like that to work out the reasons why, isn't it? Um, and I, I, I think that's where, you know, Brian Moss does, does come into it. But again, obviously... You know, he, he, Brian Masters is looking out for his own interest. I mean, there's another element of that as well, which is like Brian Masters is is a, a gay guy as well, yep. and he he doesn't want sort of you know these scandalous sort of stories being run throughout the the newspapers and stuff like that, and making the situation in the 70s and the 80s, you know, about gay guys and stuff like that worse. Yeah, you know, that that. That's that's another you know yeah, part yeah, of his reason for for doing it. Um, so yeah, but I mean, there's obviously different sort of elements in there and stuff like that. But it's it's just it's interesting. I think it is important, you know, to look at things like this, which is what's happened. I mean, like I've just mentioned, there it's obviously going to be awful and difficult and po- probably impossible, you know, for people related to the families or whatever mm-hmm. to, to to watch them. But I think it is important. I think we should try and understand why people do what they do or behave how they behave. And like you say, the you know the 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 sort of social sort of you know environments that people grow up in and stuff like that. If that has an effect, I mean, why wouldn't we want to understand that? Do you know I what agree, I mean? and there's no reason why TV shows can't be the way for that to happen. You know, like, uh-huh. well, that's it. Exactly. Um, anyway, there's a happy ending because he goes to prison. And he dies. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a happy ending. But, you know, if he does get a bit of justice. I mean, he gets locked up. I don't think all the victims and all the victims' families get justice um, in their no. own personal way. But he does yeah. end up... Uh, Getting these just desserts, which Roberts, which so. should happen. I mean, I, I, that that obviously should happen. I mean, if you do these type of things, then you should be locked away. You shouldn't have a chance of getting out. That that's my opinion. I'm not one for capital punishment or anything like that at all. But you know, 
I think that you know if you if you behave in a way like this, I mean he's, he's took you know numerous lives or whatever, you should you shouldn't get it out, and he didn't. So the the, the cop did his job, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was good. Like it, it 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 does wrap up quite nicely, and obviously at the end of it, you get like this is what happened to him, and this is what happened to him, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just think if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's three brilliant hours of TV. It's just mm-hmm. it's excellent. Great performances about a subject that kind of shines a light on some stuff that maybe is in danger of being forgotten about what life was really like in those kind of circumstances in those days. And uh, yeah, just, just good. Horrible, but good. Horrible, but good. Talking about summarize. horrible, but good. Have you got a quiz for us? No, no, I haven't done a quiz for you this week. Oh, What's happened? Then? I know that that's disappointing, isn't it? I, I thought that you were going to be um, wanting to get off. Oh, that's all right. I thought you <laughs> no, I know I haven't done a quiz for you this week. I, I, I thought, to be perfectly honest, that uh, last week's quiz was was good enough for at least two weeks. <laughs> so that's that's the reason why I did it. No, what I was last week? Yeah, what was it about? It was about. Uh... <laughs> what a common misconception! That's right. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what it was about. Do you, do you know that uh, that film, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? I, I thought it was a dodgy uh, porn search engine. That. <laughs> that's what I thought. So that's my common misconception for you. I don't think that's that common. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does sound like it though, doesn't it? <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. I don't like that Eddie Redmayne fella. Do you not? That's that's, that's my that's my uh, unwarranted hatred <laughs> for this week. Don't like Eddie Redmayne, but <laughs> this new just film wait, that's just on, wait until he plays a serial killer, I know, I mean, and then you'll just go, change it. Come mind. on, Eddie, stop playing Poindexter's. <laughs> Play a serial killer. I might like it. Um, there's. Um, <laughs> New film on Netflix, the trailer, the Chicago Seven, that looks really good. Um, uh-huh. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, a courtroom drama. That that combination of Aaron Sorkin and courtroom drama plus civil rights looks excellent uh-huh. to me. So great casting that Eddie Redmayne's in that actually. Um, oh well, along you, you with could change your mind after that. Mark Rylance is in it as well. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's a bit. Mad, is that it? man Scottish or not? I mean, Who I just knows? can't work it out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't work it out. Apparently, myself, he like, like doesn't want to be an actor, or like he wasn't an actor. He was just suddenly yeah, in a play when he was like fifty or something. He's a proper thespian man, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's in all the plays, the Shakespeare plays, and stuff like that. Well, he's in uh, He's definitely an actor. Like, I mean, <laughs> he, I think he's class. I think. Yeah. I, I anyway, really that looks good. So I'm going to try and watch that over the weekend. I think. <laughs> Yes, we're going to have some music. Um, yeah, we are. So we've gone back to uh, our mate Martin, Harbour Master. Um, Mr. Harbour Master. Yeah, Mr. sorry, Mr. to you and me, yeah. Um, he's, yeah. yeah, he sent over a bunch of tracks of people that he's worked with and produced in his, uh, in the studio he was working in. But as we said, there's a, a crowd, crowd funder to raise more cash so he can open a proper studio that's accessible to all. The next song we're going to play is by a band called Head Cloud. I do it too. Until next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed our serial killer chat. Watch Des. Follow us at F Circus Pod on Twitter. 
join the chat on Facebook, give us a review and a star rating on Apple and stuff like that. You can listen to us on Acast, Apple, iTunes, Amazon, all kinds of places. Um, and until next time, it's bye from me and goodbye from you, is it? Bye from Henry Winter. Okay, bye, Henry. This is Head Clouds, and I do it too.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.